This is Hillary and Clinton, and welcome to another week of Black Atlantic, a podcast and media channel bringing East Coast voices to the world. Black History Month is over, so we are going to do a recap of at least the things we were involved in, because uh, Black History Month is actually exhausting for Black people, uh, when it should be a time of us just relaxing, learning, and enjoying the festivities. Uh, and then we're going to get into a whole bunch of other things regarding the Canadian government, the American government, Chinese spy balloons, uh, and the works. It's the conspiracy theory episode of my dreams. <laughs> Our podcast is weekly with guest topics and you can find us anywhere online. I'm back is what I, I was about I to say in terms of I, my illness, but now you're gone in terms of the video. And now you're back and we're both back. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to figure this out. We got to figure this out. Yeah, we might we'll be taking a break it. from Restream and trying to, if next week we look a little different, it's because we've moved on to another uh, podcast <laughs> streaming network. Restream, Absolutely. if you're listening to us, but you're not, get your stuff together. Um, Valid. Also, shout no out shade. to Sally. Thank you so much for guest co-hosting last week while I was away. Thank you for holding down the fort. New York Fashion Week killed me as it did last September too, um, but only a three-day migraine this time, and I'm back, baby, to talk about Black History Month with you. Yeah, she did a great job as always. Uh, she's got some new podcasts on the way, uh, and if you ever want to check out more from her, check out uh, We Can Fight Like Cats. Yeah. All right. Hillary, what was your Black History? So you're over there in Toronto. I'm in Moncton. You're I'm in New York there. for two weeks. Uh, tell me about your Black History Month and the events you had going on. I feel like I have to start by talking about our pre-Black History Month, which people yep. don't even know about. So, sure. um, well, people know a little bit about what they saw, but obviously, if you're following along and paying attention to our content, I went home for my mother's 72nd birthday, my 29th birthday, and what was supposed to only be four days of like fun and work and doing some Black History Month content so that I could go to New York and have it be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. There was a snowstorm on my mom's birthday. There was a snowstorm here in Toronto when I was supposed to leave. So four days turned into seven. Had I known that, I think we could have spread out our work a little bit better. But that's okay because obviously the weather is unpredictable. But um, basically, I think our, our Black History Month conversations, as always, started in December with planning, working with CBC and figuring out what content you and I were going to be producing and making with them and on our own platform here. Um, and then once I got to town, we recorded our content with uh, Jonna and CBC Information Morning discussing the Black history um, that we had uncovered about Otnabog School, um, about the NBAACP, and about the Black Loyalists. So that ended up being uh, the three morning conversation. Then on the way, we were surprised, and we're finally going to be posting about this today, so it's already out um, when you're listening to this, but we were asked to do a small episode with Rogers, which was so exciting for me. Um, as I had told Clinton, I think just like days before, or I guess he didn't know, um, but I had done two shows with Ray Rogers way back in the day, um, so it was funny to be back in that building. Um, and then we went to our friends at CHMA and we recorded our content. We talked to your sister, which wasn't Black History Month related, but was still during the trip, which was exciting. Did our Black History Month episode. What am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anything? Um, I don't know if you, if things pop up in your memory, 
yeah. uh, as I'm talking, then chime in or like type it down or, you know, yeah. uh, I'm usually the one, the one forgetting things. So you probably didn't forget. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> disclaimer, Hillary wrote down what I did this month <laughs> for me just so I, I could was like, remember. I saw you here, 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 here. I have the receipts. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we did three days of history content for CBC, which was amazing. Uh, great reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, our episode, a half hour episode, uh, aired on Rogers TV like 20 times. Uh, and you can check it out on our page right now through the YouTube link. Uh, and it was produced by Jeff from Jeff's Musical Car. And if you don't know who that is, super, super cool guy that does really cool things. Uh, amazing videographer. Um, we both picked our song picks of the month for black yes. history month so we highlighted uh black artists from new brunswick and what else i i did a speak for the black business professionals network it was part of a luncheon uh, for international development weekend black history about um following your goals which went really well and met some great people um i also well I'm supposed to do a uh, a, sem a, a talk at a, a local elementary school, my kid's school, actually. And I haven't done that yet, but I'm still hoping to do that. Uh, as I said, Black History Month was a lot and it was exhausting. Uh, and also I was supposed to do a talk with Prude, but that got pushed back. So that should be coming in the next week, uh, again, on best practices for people of color uh, in entrepreneurship. Um, this past weekend was jam-packed for me. Uh, first, we were invited up to Miramichi for the New Brunswick Black Summit. Now, what this was, was a coming together of organizations, both Black and African. And if you don't know what that means, maybe I'll write a blog, blog about it. <laughs> of different organizations from all uh, over the province. And the theme was Action to Change with the idea that there are so many different independent organizations all operating in a silo, uh, but all moving towards, you know, parallel goals. So that's part of the talks were about how we can work together. So this was put on by the New Brunswick African Association, uh, as well as input by the Battle of the Arts. Uh, so it was hosted by... Saw Andrews, Yusuf Shire, uh, Ronald Sharp, and Frederick Mowengabo. Uh, yeah, so a lot of themes were discussed regarding uh, immigration, how immigrants are treated, uh, kids in school, uh, how food can be shared to expose culture, uh, the bad treatment that kids get in school regarding uh, their accents and the foods they eat. But we also talked about politics and healthcare. Um, plans of how to come together. And at the end of this, um, you know, documents were prepared to be sent to federal and provincial levels of government and legislature. To do that, there was live performances. Uh, I got to meet with musicians. There was really a great coming together of all these different organizations. And we're so grateful for this initiative. I believe the John Howard Society sponsored part of the event. So all the, most of the, some of these organizations had accommodations paid for and stuff like that so it was really amazing there's more info on our page about that this weekend and we had them on the show last month was also the malakela foundation's inaugural uh, for themselves black excellence gala um so congratulations to them it was a night of a panel awards uh poetry live presentations a great meal uh featuring both caribbean and african food 
and clothing being sold. Uh, so it was a great jump off for them. It was at the cultural center of Dieppe. Now, I want to make a little uh, correction uh, to a previous episode in which we implied that it was New Brunswick's first ever gala. We've, such, we've since been educated uh, to know that the first gala in New Brunswick actually took place in 1858. Uh, and since then, there have been all kinds of events thrown by Black organizations. There have been boat cruises in attendance of more than 300 people, soirees, fancy picnics and parties. So, I mean, that was really educational for us. We always like to remind people that we are not historians or anything like that. Uh, we are entertainers uh, who try to do activism work as well, and we're going to get into that later. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is when I was at the event this week and I met a gentleman named Cliff, can't remember his last name, but uh, he is the guardian, guardian of the garden. He works for a community food bank here in Moncton, and he invited me to a Black History luncheon that they had at the food bank center in which they invited staff as well as um, the clients that come there and other guests. And it's going to be a monthly event. It's going to be a monthly event where um, people will come to the food bank and be exposed to African food, which was really important because there were so many people there that were resistant and afraid and were afraid to try African food. But we, we brought them in and we explained what the different dishes were and uh, they loved it. Uh, one of the chefs there gave a speech on the different cultures of Africa and where the foods came from. <laughs> there were those comments that were not meant to be... <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, like the people really loved it. Like some people would come up to us and to be like, oh my gosh, it was, it was actually good. <laughs> but again, exposure, exposure to the culture. So I was really proud to be a part of that. And I'll probably be volunteering once a month to help out with that. So I don't. That makes me so emotional. Like cool. that makes me genuinely tear up. Like I was a food bank kid and it was always super white and it was always like, either like perishables that were half rotten or it was always craft dinner. I would be never exposed to my blackness. That would have changed so much. Like I literally started crying when you said that. Oh. That would have changed so much about my life. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm That's seriously amazing. crying. That's, That's amazing. the loveliest thing ever. We have to do more about this. Wait. Wow. What the hecky? Aw. Uh, well, more than conspiracy theories, also tears this episode. Get the clickbait photos ready. <laughs> Screenshot. Screenshot. No, but sincerely, no, so I special. think that, like, yeah, my, like, I remember being one of, like, very few Black kids in the welfare system and, like, low rentals because otherwise they were immigrants who just, like, hadn't really gotten into the employment services and so they were super like no representation not understood not known told that their food smelled weird in the low rental housings told that they're like th that they weren't allowed to rent the apartments because it smelled that way and because they would leave those smells behind but like no if no offense i'm not trying to propagate this type of information but we know that there are people in low rental housings who have very bad habits like incessant smoking and drug use and drinking that can also cause damage to an apartment more so than like a curried meal and having to hear that as a biracial kid was so frustrating and hard and led to so much like internalized <laughs> racism within myself and to know that like white people that would have been around my mom and around those people are going to be educated and that that might help 
poor students who are have that those issues like that's so huge that's so cool i'm so happy this through the whole show for a loop huh yeah i didn't have a chance to tell you about that wow this is so special tell i'm feeling emotional nothing now. except when we were on the show together we <laughs> should really I like i will make candid, an effort moment i will make an effort when when i'm down and we're together to do something together like we'll we'll do something about this yeah it's amazing so the idea is for it to be monthly and we're going to help make sure it happens of course we can help get the word out they didn't have any marketing or promotions for it they did actually two days in a row this week i I wasn't able to go today but uh i mean the same thing happens today because at the summit that's what parents were saying a lot they were saying like and it's not even from poverty like people even teachers like this if that happened to you x 30 years ago it's happening right now every day uh, and it was it was amazing i can't believe the amount of doctors and lawyers and, and other people i always say doctors and lawyers but other people of prestigious backgrounds that were at this summit um that weren't able to practice their craft here in new brunswick and as we know the government is working on making it easier to bridge education and qualifications from certain countries and i, I hate to put be put a negative spin on this but they're not doing this for the benefit of immigrants they're doing it because they have no choice at this point but it still will benefit immigrants in the end and um uh, yeah, it was covered by CBC journalist Aniakin. Uh, what's his last name? Oh my gosh, I'm having a memory. Aniakin Atube. Uh, he did an amazing job. You can find that video on CBC. And uh, yeah, so Black I History will... Month was a lot. And uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's year round for us, but uh, we got a lot done and a lot happened. I didn't even... even, that was everything. I said everything that we did before the month even started. Then yeah. I had my month. <laughs> That's so then yeah. I did a prude talk this week just about like, funnily enough, sort of what I just said, my internalized racism and why I wanted to found something like Black Atlantic with you, the podcast that we were with before, how our roots sort of came to be in our little founding story for just about like 30 minutes. Um, I have another one tomorrow. So by the time this airs, it will have passed um, just about social media marketing and stuff. So again, even though tomorrow's technically March 1st, now everyone knows when we're recording this, um, it, Black History Month is all year round like you said so they're like spilling that over as well um I was in charge of fashion group international Toronto's black history month panel um so I curated the list it was um gown designer Zoba Martin of Nigerian descent who um actually won um funding from CBC's dragon's den um so she she's got her pitch got approved so she's you know having a bit of a fame moment i've gotten to wear her dresses she's amazing rowan james who's a menswear designer um tyler and karen ferguson who are a mom and daughter duo who do monoxide jewelry and actually loaned me pieces for uh fashion week which was lovely to rep a black owned brand um at fashion week um as well as an actress who only goes by her first name lindura um she's very into sustainability um efforts um super cool fun people curated the questions and then i got sick so i didn't even get to host it um but there is a um There is a recording, which I will be uploading shortly to Fashion Group International Toronto's YouTube. If you want to learn more about some of the cool black innovators and change makers in the fashion industry here that I get to work alongside. Um, A very cool event that I should have gone to as well was the CBC Being Black in Canada event. I was also ill during that time and I didn't get to go. Um, I know it looked lit. 
It sounded very exciting. I'm sure there will be more. And as a CBC changemaker for Atlantic Canada, Clinton. That's why I made that face, actually, because I forgot to say that. You forgot to say that you are a changemaker. Hopefully next year you can come to the Toronto CBC Being Black in Canada changemaker event with me. Um, And then the only other things that I wanted to mention briefly, and then I'll let you talk about being a changemaker, was there was also the Black Diamond Ball, which looked amazing. It had a lot of prolific Toronto Black people in the media industry here um, and uh, other white allies and just very cool people at the Fairmont Royal York. It looked like they had um, Caribbean Jamaican food, um, performers, singers, and they had like a gala ball, big fancy party dress dance the night away vibes at the fairmont royal york and then the other one that i was there another one i wanted to mention i can't remember talk about being a change maker (laughs) i will and before i do i'll just mention that wow we're talking really fast it's been 16 minutes and we're still talking about what we did for black history month and i mean there was so much (laughs) this is barely a drop in the bucket of what happened but Mm -hmm. yeah i i'm getting i'm still learning through therapy to talk about myself and you know, acknowledge my accolades and accomplishments because I'm not very good at that. But I, w- I was super humbled this year. Um, I was voted one of 20 out of CBC's first year, first round of um, selecting change makers from the Atlantic provinces, five from every province. Uh, and that is um, primarily due to the work that you and I do here on this channel, uh, as well as partnerships that I've made with, um, you know, we've made with Tribe and Prude Network and BBPN, like you said, and uh, I'm forgetting another organization that I did a lot of work with throughout the year. The New Brunswick School <clears throat> District and building a whole curriculum. <laughs> right. Because I forget about that, that one all the time. Thing. And I'm like, yeah. that might be the coolest one. Uh, it really is. And uh, yeah, making change. And yeah. so, you know, they spent a day interviewing me and, and putting together a piece that was released for CBC. Uh, other change makers in this province were uh, Clyde Ray from St. John, Tondaway McCarthy, uh, we've had on the show, I believe, Gary Weeks, we've had on the show, and Doyen, I can't remember her last name, but she works in Fredericton uh, in immigration and, and, and health and, and with students and stuff like that, amazing people, and people from all over the Atlantic provinces, which we hope to have on the show. Um, what's interesting, Hillary, is that, you know, as I look around, uh, I've met so many change makers this month, and again, I accept the recognition, um, but I mean, we we interview the change makers every other week, yeah. right? Like we, our show and our, even our channel and our website, our network is, we highlight the people doing the hard work, the amazing work. And I say that because you know what I've, I've been saying this for years. And back then we did just podcasts, but now we are doing work. But I mean, we we talk on the podcast every week uh, for the most part, and. I can't wait for next year because I'm already building up a list of all the people I'm going to vote for uh, mm. for the next year. And uh, maybe we should even have our own change maker acknowledgement like in August or something because we, the amount of people that are doing work out there um, to push the bar for equality is incredible. It really is. While I would love to have our own change maker list, what I would say is go through the episodes of the podcast. Every single person's probably a change maker. Like Amen. that's literally Amen. what I said yeah. in our prude thing is that, It is an honor to share the stories of people who would have changed my life, who impact me, who want to make me a better person, black person, woman, mother, daughter, all of these things. Like every person you've referenced, every person we've had on the show, 
we're, we don't interview bad people or people I, like we're we're not at the point of Joe Rogan where we're going to interview people that we don't agree with for specific conflict. All of these people deserve a platform. I'm honored and blessed every day that we've taken up the role of having a platform and offering it to other people and say, would you like to tell your story about your good work, about what you're doing, about why you're making the community better every day? And we don't do it in one province. We do it in four, sometimes five <laughs> and sometimes even further. And I think if we could, we would do the whole country. So honestly, I'm proud that we're change makers. I'm proud that you were named a change maker and that I got my little, my little sad, my little sad, hey, you're, you're part of this too. Cause I was very proud. I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of every person we've had on the show. Every person that we've named. I think that like in the, in the 10 years since I've graduated high school and the racism I felt then looking now, like the diversity is huge and the change in New Brunswick is huge. If only it was reflected in, in policy and polit politics, but we're getting somewhere. I hope. Like we said on CBC, progress is slow. I mean, yeah, it takes a long time to push the bar, especially generationally. Uh, and I'm so cheesy, corny moment for the listeners. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I'm so proud of the work that we've done. Uh, yeah. This has been an amazing journey we've been on. And uh, no, like, like you did an amazing reel for cbc recently yeah. that got like a gazillion likes and views uh, not to mention the tiktok we never talk about with like our probably tens of millions of views but the one thing yeah. you did for cbc really like shot up our instagram follower list plus all the there's yeah, another one um, coming so thankful for all the new followers that we uh we got this month um because that Absolutely. means that the people we interview will get exposed to more and more people every week but uh okay yeah let's let's keep that so there's another one coming there should Amazing. be another one coming. Yeah, they want they they really loved what we had to say about New Brunswick history, and they also feel that it's a great way to share it in a capsule moment. And so they want me to do another one on the work that we had already discussed and done. And then I'm going to see moving forward what else we're able to do on Instagram to boost our following. So it's nice to have their back, um, ha them have our back, us have their back. And also, I yeah, want to it's say a partnership for sure. Thank you to all the partners who've helped us get where we are. And also, this is yeah. a really good cheesy moment to say, like, this was our one year anniversary. And I feel like we skirted by it. But it's been a year of, like, changing our visuals, growing as a team, growing individually, growing these partnerships, watching the Black community grow. Like, we've talked several times about feeling like all of these wonderful organizations have been segregated across our province. And now there is a New Brunswick Summit happening that you got to go to. And so... Even in the year that we've been doing this, the landscape has changed. And I'm proud of the few drops in the bucket that we've gotten to do in, in 365 now plus 28 days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I honestly could potentially see uh, a New Brunswick in the future that is like so close to the New Brunswick where we're asking, like so far from the New Brunswick you grew up in, that my yeah. wife grew up in, that I experienced like three times a year coming to visit mm. for the 10 years before I moved in. And I come out here and I'd be like, like, what? Like, no, <laughs> like, this place is horrible. Um, yeah. So it's coming a long way. So absolutely. Kudos um, to Kudos everyone. to us. It feels weird and to us. pivot now because I'm like, I know I keep thinking. I know like, I've cried. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so let's give everyone like 10, 15 seconds because we're about to get weird. Like, should we have a moment well, of silence yeah. for... Uh, we have our, our the fir our first topic serious still topic. about Black History yeah. Month. Yeah. Then we're going to get weird. And I did forget about something else I wanted to discuss, but I don't know if time will allow it. We'll try. I might squeeze oh, it in, in before end. we get to right TikTok. Okay. No, no. Well, I, I, 
I think it's heavier, but let's start with uh, this. Okay. Our, our homeboy, let's not homeboy, JT. <laughs> JT. So, JT. So, so third time, third time we're going to have J- Justin Trudeau on the air uh, in our two seasons. Oh, and this is episode yeah. 10. So we are one third of the way through our season two. Can you believe it? That's wild. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm on this super popular Canadian Instagram account called Six Buzz. I know you don't mm-hmm. like it, but you know I stay on it because there's there's content sometimes. Um, so it was announced today that Justin True announced a few days ago that Justin Trudeau uh, was committing uh, a total of 1.5 million dollars, 1.1 million to go towards something to do with uh, Black mental health services in Canada. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, which I believe were supposed to be. Um, for black people who were traumatically affected by COVID and then another $400,000 to go towards, hold on. Uh, well, just correct me right ahead. Just go ahead. Correct me off the bat. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just the, the way around. So the 1.1 million is for the, for culturally Develop safe and appropriate health mental services. health counseling. Can and then 400, <laughs> 1.1 million for its project to build capacity around mental health counseling and culturally safe and appropriate supports. 400,000 for a project to develop Black-centric trauma-responsive community support services, specifically in Toronto's region, Park region, um, for diverse forms of trauma exasperated biases during COVID-19 pandemic and post-pandemic recovery. This is from the Government of Canada website. Which is amazing because uh, that's important, right? But so, especially the developing of future services. Even when I saw the IG post, I was like, one point one, one point five, one point whatever. Okay, money for pe- black people who are traumatized by COVID. Even I at first was like, well, that's a bit weird. Like this long after, why is he just doing that? And so the comments were horrible. People were like, oh, why do black people need this? Or, uh, it was racism and like, oh, Trudeau's all owned for the black people or these far left wing. And like, there was all kinds of negative comments, but that's the problem. And what we're going to talk about throughout the rest of this episode is like, <clears throat> that was clickbait, right? So that was clickbait. That was something to get, get people's attention and get people riled up. Uh, and when you look into it, the reality was the 1.5 million was just a drop in the bucket because the announcement was actually that he announced he announced 100 million dollars to go towards a number of different different initiatives for a covid relief fund you know and if people got the full context uh you correct me again if i'm wrong if people got the full context like this is 100 million dollars for a covid related um scenarios just like they've been doing through the whole pandemic it's not really a correction. So when I tried to Google and find information about this hundred million dollars, there's no information because it's like it's old money. He's just reallocating part of it. I think. I don't think it's a new. I couldn't find a new announcement about a hundred million. All I found was there was a previous one hundred COVID relief, and it's like he took one point five from that money and finally diverted it into one space. So it's money that's already been like budgeted, spent. And he's just what? saying, like, now for Black History Month, this one is for my N-words. <laughs> my neighbors. <laughs> my no. neighbors, you get okay, this one. Okay, 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 okay. It's I February 28th, okay? It's still Black History Month. We're not, we're not going to be By the time this airs, it's March 2nd. And so... <laughs> so what I saw, I thought the $100 million was just announced recently. So that makes it even, like, why is this all coming up? And maybe you can maybe you can find it, but I googled when I sent you that preamble, and I couldn't find it because that was the only press release on the government of Canada's website. What I will say, what I'm finding interesting. So, what I wanted to do was look into the Black Mental Health Canada 
because they get 1.1 million. So there, they seem to be a Canada wide um, uh, resource that helps you find mental health practitioners in the various provinces and cities that I assume would either uh, uh, be able to speak to blackness or are black themselves. Um, and for, you know, my, the sake of research, I'm going to see who, if they have people, they have one person in Moncton. And I believe this is the person you were talking about. Were you telling us the other day on the show about Caleb Love Carter? Absolutely. I was. And I, you know what? I She's knew it when there. I read about that. Yeah. When I, uh, when I read about this, I had also heard about, um, an initiative that Kayla Brelov was was doing. So mm-hmm. she is so and so part of the funding is from from this. So essentially, the website that hosts all Black counselors across the country has her listed as the only Black one in Moncton, New Brunswick, and they're the ones that got the one point one million. So they got the non COVID related part of the funding is this organization that has this resource. Oh, the organization the resource- Brelov got the one point one million. She's on their website. Uh, listed as a mental health practitioner. That's amazing. Okay, because what yes. I understood was that she was the only mental health practitioner uh, company in all of Canada that specifically dealt with uh, people facing trauma due to racialized issues. She's certainly the only one listed in Moncton. It, when you so when you use this resource, which it's blackmentalhealth.ca for anyone wanting to follow along, you can pick a city, you can pick a province, and then you can pick a specialty: ADHD, anger management, Alzheimer's. So I think it's about having doctor representation in terms of your race. But she's the only practitioner that comes up for the area of Moncton for any specialty. Like she's the only black one we've got at all in Moncton. Um, no matter what the specialty is. Um, Amazing. Uh, well, her organization is large. And, yeah, uh, it's not. It's amazing. It's not interesting. It's it's fitting because uh, her organization uh, has grown leaps and bounds uh, in the past couple years with a number of different practitioners. And uh, yeah, kudos to them. I think they're going to continue to do amazing work. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so I found the article and uh, the 100 million... <laughs> As if someone could see this, uh, the hundred million million dollars was committed <laughs> for yeah. anyone not. We love our audio. Yeah, yeah. Up his phone full brightness to show us an article. I can't. I see white. This That's one, God coming through your phone. As far as I'm concerned, I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, we you know our the majority of our listenership is still on audio, but uh, if you have you know depending on how you listen, uh, you know check out check out our yo check out our video um, podcast as well. And we should have said this at the top of the episode. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, comment, like, following us on whatever streaming platform you might be listening to us. Please. Um, Leave us a review. People are reviewing us, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Our Spotify listenership is growing, uh, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, and like our content, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Okay, so it's ju- it's just so wild that this is all getting drummed up because this was announced $100 million two years ago during Black History Month. It, uh, and no one was, you know, no one was, I didn't hear a lot of complaints about that other than maybe the conservatives. Um but then they just announced a simple 1.5 million and the internet's going wild. And I shouldn't be surprised that the internet's going wild, but it's just, uh, 
clickbait and the opportunity to hate little rhyme there um but it's it's clickbait on both fronts because the government's clickbaiting because they'd already given them money and then the articles are clickbaiting like it's like jt you already uh, gave black i don't think people that's true money. i don't think that's true well, is it because when you well, announce 100 million dollars it doesn't mean it gets dispersed right away it could be like 100 million over five years or over this that or the other I guess, but you would think that, like, maybe not clickbaiting, but it is money that, like, was already decided that it was going. It's not new money. Like, it, it's not new money. Yeah. Like, to me, this is still, like, this, to me, I would say this feels like buying votes and trying to get accolades and doing something on the very last day of Black History Month with money that was already spoken about two years prior. Yeah, yeah, it was announced on February and I'm not, yeah. 24th, I think. But, I mean... Anyone listening, what are your thoughts? If you're watching live, what are your thoughts? Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I, my thoughts it. are simply that, like, like, give us the money. Thank you so much. But all the people making us think about it, okay. I mean, it's it's just, yeah. That's, that's how the internet is. Uh, that's how the internet is. Other Trudeau news. Yes, I can. I can. So uh, Trudeau banned TikTok on... Uh, government devices which is funny because i happen to be related to someone <laughs> <laughs> who i had to break the news to and walked away from the, the phone <laughs> um but i mean the funniest part about all of this i saw an article that or that pierre polivar leader of the conservative party confirmed that conservatives would have to shut down their tiktok account and not reach their their powerful voter audience in that way and that they'd have to use another app so this was an orchestrated campaign against the conservatives <laughs> shutting down tiktok <laughs> that's that's hilarious i don't think that's what you're saying or what he, maybe what he's saying but uh I Aww. think it's just funny that Pierre Putty Godfelt he had to say sorry we'll have to reach you through Instagram reels now we're closing our tiktok officially yeah, that's weird because you know, you know, your peer is all up on up on TikTok doing the dances and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Uh -huh. Um, it's funny, like they're, they're following suit from what America is doing with banning TikTok and stuff like that. And I mean, is China spying on us through our phones through TikTok, or maybe are they uh, polluting the minds of our youth, which is probably more likely? Uh, picking content to like, are they trying to dumb down our youth <laughs> or? Uh, I'm making like, a face only because I think we are dumbing down our own youth. I don't think you need another nation to achieve what we've achieved in terms of the the fact that education and knowledge is power and keeping that power away from racialized people, minority people, poor people, disenfranchised people by giving them apps to give them instant gratification so then they don't go vote. Yeah. Now, before someone quotes what we said, like in a year from now, when when one of us in ten years, one of us are running for prime minister, the the youth are not dumb. Youth are not dumb. Youth have, have access. I don't think so. I think youth youth have access to more information than they've ever had before. And while they don't have life experience or context, uh, like like you get with age, they have information and mixed in with all that scrolling of nonsense, like they're learning more, they're learning more about themselves and health and boundaries. And they do have the information. I don't think youth are dumb. I, I don't, it's fine that you said that. And because these sites are dumbing down 
our youth, but I just don't think our youth are dumb. I just wanted to clarify that. But we also we have Instagram already. We've had Facebook. We've all have all these distracting things and Snapchat and uh, and they're spying on us and we know it, but they just yeah. don't want the Chinese spying on us. <laughs> well, and I mean, so several things about what you said. We like what was that? We're that giving movie? away our right to be spied on. Like are that documentary that came out forever ago, the social social whatever that Network had everyone in a grip. Yeah. yeah. But like the youth aren't dumb. First of all, the people in my household are all over the age of 30 on TikTok. What is our parameters for youth? Because adults are on TikTok. Everyone is on sure. all of social media. I yep. would call it a dumbing down of a general population Society. because we yep. don't like to be faced with the realities of um, the economy, war, all of the things going on that suck that make life more difficult and so it's very easy to disconnect and disassociate by being on any of the apps which is also why i don't believe that china is out there being like hmm you know what we're gonna do we're going to dumb down any population by spying or or by creating this app i think it's just that's the way our brains have already become and i think it's funny that you say what you said about youth and knowledge because it's what I find very interesting is it's there's an oversaturation of knowledge and I don't know how we're all holding it in our brains. So it's making both the smartest and stupidest generation at the same time in my like very generalized outside perspective of like we have the most amount of knowledge ever, but also people are still doing things like the cinnamon challenge and eating Tide Pods because there's nowhere to go with all of this knowledge. Main comment I wanted to make about that, but um, I like... I, the Chinese apparently, the my small segues are spying on us with the balloons. Why do they need the TikTok? Yeah. And before we segue, um, like that's the same thing people were saying in the 90s about the internet. Yes. Like here you have access to all the information on the world at the, at the palm of your hand, right on your computer screen. And we're just using it to share cat pictures, right? So nothing has even changed from that era. And not all kids are on TikTok, you know, so they, they still have access to all the information on the world. Uh, but what we do know is that cell phones are obviously uh, increasing our ADHD, <laughs> our attention span, our sense of commitment and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so Trudeau bandit, uh, in the federal government following the Americans move. And why is it related to these spy balloons? Here's a segue. Is this related to the, all the, like at the same time, all these spy balloons are, are flying over our nations, which may have been there the whole time. But uh... the funny thing is I learned through TikTok by watching the TikTok of Schitt's Creek actor, Dan Levy, that the balloons they shot About... down, they now can About... no longer find. So I used I, a Chinese app to learn about the missing spy balloons. From China, yeah. 2023. It's Creek, which is hilarious and which surprised me at first. Like, how the hell can you not find a downed balloon? Like, if you have, if you sent one jet to shoot it down, like, can't you send like another? Like, couldn't, couldn't you have had That's someone else fly along dance. with you to monitor it as you went as it went down? Like, you knew where the balloon was. You could have had a drone that got there first, then you shoot it down. See, I should work for the military department and then you find it. But what we also forget is that the world is big. The world is gigantic and uh, it's a lot bigger than we think. And I think some of these are shot down over the Arctic and uh, maybe they're harder to find. But again, I think there should have been more foresight because they spend all this time looking for it. You could have, you could have just put well, a tracking they know where thing they were, They know where they were shot down though. There was one over Alaska and one over like, isn't it Lake Huron? Like it's not the Arctic. It's place. It's there. There are those two places. So no, no, I think it's either aliens and not the, the Chinese. It could be. 
<laughs> I wanted I wanted to be aliens. I, I know like, you do. <laughs> I like aliens. Or or um this is all somehow uh, another fear-mongering tactic. They did find them. They don't want to release what is in them. Whoa. Something else was shot down. Like I think there's another story here. Alien DNA. There could be alien Okay, this is a... we're going there. We told people we were going there. Is there alien DNA? <laughs> <laughs> on the balloons that shot down. I feel like Tucker Carlson right now. Aliens are infiltrating the world and the government does not want to admit it. Okay. okay. I feel like the aliens are potentially already here and they've just decided we're finally dumb enough that they're they're coming for us. But who's to say? This is all just joke, joke, joke speculation at this point. But regardless, I, I certainly think it's weird that if you had the coordinates to shoot it down that you can't find it. It's not the Arctic. It's Alaska and Lake Huron figure it out sort it out i think they already found them and it's something else it's like it's a piece of area 51 that got loose and they don't want people to know or something it could be but the world is also like mind-bogglingly bigger than we could ever imagine like new brunswick you can't even see it on the globe and yet it it takes you four hours to drive across it going 100 kilometers an hour right like it's gigantic anyways i don't think anyone's looking for new brunswick (laughs) (laughs) just kidding no 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 yeah we are kidding and it, yeah we said we were going to get weird so don't anyone be surprised yeah. by this but yeah so trudeau announces the thing and people are losing their mind trudeau also announced a federal ban on tiktok which means that more action could be coming uh these chinese spy balloons are weird they're a weird distraction like i, I also wonder sometimes like are they using this kind of news to cover up something else that's going on in the media right there is that thought i also forgot that i wanted to say in terms of the like spying it's also been very much revealed that like a lot of these apps and things that you like sign on to a third party through your facebook and it's like figure out like who what you'd look like as a baby and like you connect your facebook profile and it populates camera, something on your page your that those camera. are all yeah, those are also like ways that allegedly conspiracy theory tinfoil hat on that they're like har- harvesting photos, information, data about you. Like, I don't believe I live life believing that my digital footprint is large, that you can find out a lot about me. And that's why I don't have a private life because anybody from any country could Google my name, learn about me. We have a podcast. I've done dumb shit in my teen years that is probably linked to weird page to my Facebook. So TikTok, come for me. You want to know something interesting that you're right that I found out about yesterday? What? One sec. Okay. Let's see. Okay, Google. What do you know about Clinton Davis from New Brunswick? Sorry, I don't have any information about that. That is not what she said yesterday. Okay. Okay, Google. What do you know about Clinton Davis in NB? On the website blacklandic.ca, they say Clinton Davis, an entrepreneur raised in Toronto with roots in Jamaica and Pay, relocated to NB. Okay, Google. Cancel. Yes, pay. Pay, pay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's weird. I, I try if you try that for yourself if you ever get get the chance. Um, yeah, so things like Facebook and Google, we we've agreed to let them. No you know, if you're on those fa- terms and conditions, if you're on Facebook on your browser and you haven't logged out, uh, and you close Facebook but you're not logged out, um, you've actually given them permission to know what other websites you're on, 
and what you're browsing and for them to continue to monitor your internet activity. And this is not a conspiracy theory. You've given them permission to continue to monitor your internet activity, uh, even when you're not on the site. So this is all like this, that's just one of many things. Like we have willingly, forget these third party apps, we've willingly given our entire lives over to these organizations and what they're using them for, I don't know, for health services in the future, to program their AI, <laughs> to properly understand, to understand human, more about us than we understand about ourselves. I mean, my smartwatch 24 hours a day is monitoring my blood pressure, my heart rate, uh, like how I'm feeling. Like it, it's, it's, it's wild. But it China's is. watching us on TikTok, so they got to be banned. Absolutely. Only American um, companies are allowed to know this kind of stuff about us. Absolutely. Understood. Good. Trash. Good. Um, yeah. do we want speaking to roll of through trash. Last, speaking of trash, do we want to roll through this one quickly? Because I'd like to devote about three minutes to the other thing I forgot I wanted to bring up. Absolutely. So speaking Part of trash. Fox, um, Fox News. <laughs> trash. <laughs> so Fox News to our hateful, so to our people, to people who listen to Fox News, uh, the employees of Fox News are not allowed to speak about this. So you might have to learn about this from somewhere else or learn about it from us. Fox News is currently being uh, in the middle of a $1 billion lawsuit uh, because their journalists and reporters uh, regarding the January 6th riots, they are, um, you know, they knew they knew the election results were not frauds. They knew that the election was legit. Um, sorry, let me just read this here. Essentially, they kept saying on air that they did think that it was fraudulent, that they didn't think it was legit. But text messages have been released, as you told me earlier on the phone, because I have no privy new information about this, um, yeah. that revealed that behind the scenes, they were that everything they were saying on air was false to uh, incite anger and encourage higher ratings. Yeah, so Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and the, uh, the other person on it, like they were, they were, they, their texts were uncovered, texting each other, like while reporting on the news that the election results were fraudulent, that uh, democracy has been compromised, inciting uh, what Benny are saying, like contributing to inciting the riots that took place on January 6th, all the while texting each other behind the scenes, like this is complete bullshit. This is crazy. Uh, the election was one fair and square. Don't quote me, but like, um, like this is complete nonsense. I can't believe we're doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'd go on the air uh, to boost views and ratings and clicks and then and say all this radical stuff that they didn't even believe to, believe to be true themselves. Um, and even Rupert Murdoch, who, you know, a lot of people on Fox are like anti-corporation and anti this. Rupert Murdoch is one of the richest men in the world uh, who has like Fox News headquarters, like downtown central Manhattan and the most expensive place ever. Uh, and even Tucker, Car one journalist was trying to speak out about this. Uh, and Tucker Carlson's texts were uncovered saying, like, can we please fire this journalist? Like, fire her today. She's affecting Fox's stock prices. Like, she's affecting my money. Let's get her out of here right now. Like, this is like bad. So, again, more talk about clickbait and stuff like that. Like if you're a journalist and you know your reporting is absolute BS and you're doing it to get ratings while riling up your, your viewers, uh, which leads to things like riots. Yeah. So they're, they're going through it right now. So if you don't know about Fox news, look it up. What are your thoughts on and that? Just, to say Go briefly, yeah. the thing that we wanted to basically highlight is um, we are, our entertainment and not news. 
Fox claims to be news, but they are more entertainment. And I think that it, it leads more to a thing of everyone should try to look for unbiased news sources and not people that have shows ratings or um, any kind of stock in what happens to those shows. Like you need to find news that is just going to report facts and where the the reporters and journalists aren't becoming caricatures of themselves or so-called like public figure influencery types where then it is no longer unbiased, where they are influencing the mind of voters, the the safety of people, et cetera, because that is that is a very dangerous situation, as we just saw, as someone who does this, but also does journalism outside, partnered with CBC and all of my writing endeavors. I strive very hard to, unless it is an opinion piece, keep my opinion out of it and just state what I know until I'm asked those questions, because it's not about that. It's about information, informing the public. It's not about what Hillary thinks, unless it's Black Atlantic, and then it's about what Hillary and Clinton think. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. You couldn't have said it better. Uh, I mean, we can't say that we're never biased on the show, but again, we yeah. are, we're podcasters, right? We're entertainment. We're just the two of us. We don't have fact checkers or producers or, or anything like that. And we do our best to be accurate. But um, yeah, you, and even people have to be careful when they're typing things into Google, right? You shouldn't, like, if you want to find out about something, don't make a leading statement like, are the Chinese spy balloons really sent from aliens, right? And because you're going to find exactly what you're looking for, you could Google yeah. where did the Chinese, where did this, where did, don't even use the word Chinese, where did the, where did the white balloons, balloons in the sky come aliens. from? <laughs> balloons <laughs> in <Yeah>. sky <laughs> over North America. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you're always going to find what you're looking for on the net. And I guess if you're always going to find what you're looking for on Fox News if you have that mentality. I mean, we can't say that, um, I'm not going to, we can't say that CNN and NBC and even in Canada, CBC and CTV are not biased. I believe even CBC is a little bit uh, biased and a little bit left-leaning, although they're probably the best we got in Canada in terms of unbiased news reporting. All in all to say, there's a lot of clickbait out there. It's never going to go away. We're going to keep using clickbait. Um, we are. We are. May I but pivot not, to my one last thing as I'm cognizant of the time? Yes. Very quickly, we shared on Black Atlantic the fact that Julie Black changed one word in the national anthem. And she did like one of our, I liked that we talked about it. So she changed um, it to uh, our home on native land. Something that I have been saying for years. Also, it's to Sean from Big Brother Season 9 who's been on our show who encouraged her to say it before she walked out, which she revealed on iHeartRadio. And that's not even what I actually want to talk about. I'm going to make it a little sad for a second. A woman of Indian descent emailed Julie's people and called her the N-word, called her people monkeys, all in the name of preserving... Our people, yeah. Well, right? Yeah. Basically, so they she this person said, "You blacks need to to move to and live in white countries in order to have a higher quality of life and better standard of living. You blacks are incapable of developing a first world country or even a first world city anywhere in the world. Just look at the Caribbean and Africa, the worst countries, not continent, countries in the world. But while living in a white majority country, you have the audacity to single handedly change our national anthem. How dare you? Who the f do you think you are? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until the end, where this person says, "I'm not white. I'm in, originally from India, but have lived in Canada for the past 30 years. I know the difference between a patriot and an insert n word." And I wanted to bring it up 
simply to say, sometimes other people of color are racist and sometimes black people do wildly selfless things like change one word in the national anthem to be good allies to other people of color and have to suffer horrible mental health things like this tonight she's actually doing a mental health talk with Tashawn that I wasn't able to go to and it's literally about how the detriments of social media putting your whole life out there and this type of hatred and I just want to say in case she's ever listening and in case she sees this and in case she ever wants to be on but also in general your allyship is commendable I think that type of work is brave I hate that that's the type of world where we live in where any person feels the right to say that about a national anthem because the people who fought for our national anthem fought for the freedom for Julie to be able to change that word if she wants to because we are a free country yeah Clinton your thoughts you said it all I mean okay <laughs> it's it was, it was just everything it was so cool it was so cool Ju Julie Black is a Canadian legend she's a mm -hmm. she's an icon she's so much more than a musician uh she's brave and she's strong uh and uh, she changed the words to the national anthem and that's what that's what they should be uh and i was so excited that she commented on our post on ig i mean yeah. to sean <laughs> yo yo call up your girl julie and tell her we want her on the show please to be fair uh, logic has offered she has dm'd me before we like we could oh. do that well we, gotta we get, could do that oh my gosh yeah we gotta get julie black on the show yeah uh, which reminds me we still need to try to get anime paul on the show the laundry list is long what's she been up to <laughs> that's what we'd have to find out i'm very what's curious to know <laughs> clearly we're talking about having people like anime paul and julie black on the show and we actually might get them so again we're so grateful for all the progress we've made as a network and we're people say not to spread yourselves out and maybe we are too spread thin because if you just look at one of our sites or streaming pages or social media platforms the numbers aren't always up there but when we combine all our analytics it's it's amazing it's it, it's amazing the, the kind of response and feedback and listenership we have Absolutely. so we're going to keep going with that and uh we're thankful i knew this was going to be a fun episode um I'm getting really fretful, like. I don't think we've ever rolled through so many, like, storylines, headlines, and I'm sort of, <laughs> like, invigorated, super hype. What a great episode. It was. It was and good since I was away for, like, a while. And also part of, you know, the more and more people we connect with, the more guests we want to have on the show, because there's so many interesting people. But, you know, we love our topic episodes. It's been a while. Uh, so for those who love our topic episodes, too, thank you for listening. Uh, if you got through to the end, you're a real one. Thank you. And uh, Hillary, do you want to wrap this up? I'm going to steal that line from you. Oh, snap. You got to be quick to the draw next week. Right. Um, what do I have to share? Cropberry and all social. Still writing for buyblacks.com, who also celebrated their 10th anniversary this year. And I got to meet some very cool people there as well. So shout out to them um like comment subscribe rate all of those fun things we have a gofundme page if you're interested um oh and yeah there's a qr code if you're watching there's been a qr code there the whole time were you curious did you scan it you could now you've got time you've got you got hey, 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 hey. um thanks for being you clinton and i'm glad that we've been doing this for over a year hillary thanks for being you i felt that right here my heart I meant it from my heart. <laughs> <laughs>